Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, welcome to So I Got To Thinking, the weekly Sex in the City podcast where we take the iconic questions of the iconic Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. You are listening to Princess Dandy Ridge Brandywine, Dylan B. Jones and Elizabeth Taylor, Juno Dawson. Hi Dylan. Hi Juno. I forgot, I forgot Elizabeth Taylor had a former... Uh, name had a had a given name before she was Elizabeth yeah Princess Dandridge Brandywine a government, a government name before she was Elizabeth yeah, Taylor oh <laughs> um, Elizabeth Taylor R I P to be replaced by Richard Burton oh yeah oh true God yeah we've mm. seen a few things there was it was when I saw um, the our first glimpse of the Brooklyn House I was like mm-hmm. all of those walls could do in twenty years. <laughs> You're going to be screaming at Steve that you wish you'd never had a child or something. The dessert ritual that house will see. Oh, sad. Anyway, anyway, this week we are watching season six, episode 16, Out of the Frying Pan. Yeah. Dylan, do you want to open a little pot of synopsis? Yes. So I will open a frozen lolly, a frozen lolly synopsis. Mm -hmm. Uh, The four ladies, very sweet scene are supporting Samantha Mm -hmm. through her chemo and cancer journey in general um, Mm -hmm. this week. And that is kind of the backbone of Carrie's storyline because her and Petrovsky get into an altercation um, about his, about the way that he sees how she feels about it. I thought quite, I thought interesting. And I thought the question was kind of interesting as well. Yeah, the the question is quite a good one. Did I, did I love this episode? No. Mm. Do I think we have two quite naff episodes back to back? Yes. Mm. Um, Some good bits. Some good bits. Yeah, some elements. I really enjoy the Charlotte stuff. And I'm sure we can talk about the gentrification of Brooklyn at great length in part two. But yeah, let's, um, oh, and, and obviously we've got Samantha's work Charlotte moment. With the wigs as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, and then um, Miranda and Steve, their living situation becomes untenable. So mm-hmm. they look further afield for somewhere. And then, yeah, Charlotte um, finds solace in a park about or to do with her, her pregnancy journey. Lots of journeys, yeah. lots of psychological journeys. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. Did you know? There's, did you notice there was only one scene with all four of them together? I wonder if by this stage in the day, it was we can only get them all together 
for one. On a two scenes, because the cocktail's at the end as well. I tell a lie. Oh, yeah. Lies upon lies upon lies. Lies of Manelli. Um, lies of Manelli lies. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's start, as ever, with Carrie and Petrovsky. Um, that dress at the beginning, what, I'm... <laughs> I'm... So she said that they were going on a journey around the world to, like, all these various mm-hmm. restaurants. One could assume from that because particularly these days, I don't want to... She said Korean they'd been to. I don't want to assume that a Korean restaurant is upscale or downscale. You never know, particularly mm-hmm. in New York. But they'd been to a range of different restaurants. Why was she wearing... I mean, I don't know why I'm asking this. It's Carrie Bradshaw. That's why she's wearing it. But, like, why <laughs> is she wearing a dress like that to go to a random restaurant? Well, we know she, she has a history of overdressing. <laughs> Let's not forget the ball gown she wears to go to Monkey Bar with Big. That's the notorious one. Um, maybe she thought she was going to tapas, which is why she was dressed somewhat like a flamenco dancer. It was flamenco-y, but then it, well, mm. the bottom half was. It was very confusing. I wasn't sure. At first I was like, oh, I really like that. And then when she was in her flat, I was like, I don't like this. <laughs> I mean, certainly a very striking Patricia Field looking. Oh, very, yeah. Number. With, I, I did, I really like the layered pearl necklace. Mm. That was really nice. So yeah, so Petrovsky goes over and again, flaggy, controlling, doesn't tell her where they're going for dinner. Yeah. He doesn't give her a chance to tidy her apartment. Yeah, the biggest, I mean, that wasn't so bad, although it was a little bit, you're right, raised the, the tiniest of red flags. If someone mm-hmm. just invited themselves into my apartment, I'd be like, mm, you haven't given me a chance to get my things in order, you know. Yeah. The bigger one was when she wanted to put milk in her espresso and he was like Right, and he wouldn't let her. Yeah, and he was like, Oh well then it's not a proper espresso, just sip it, it'll be fine. That would Fuck off! That Fuck off! No, no. And I I would have thrown <laughs> the espresso in his face. And I also it reminds me of like when I've got a couple of friends who do this and they'll know who they are if they're listening. Um, it's when you go to like a friend's house for dinner. And you finished, and they're like, it's when people just don't listen to you, and and they're like, oh, do you want, do you want some more? And I'm like, oh no, thanks, I'm full. And they're like, go on, go on, have some more, and just put some more on my plate. And I'm like, well, I don't want that. And now I feel awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, yeah. I said no. Thank you for making things weird. Yeah, Thank I said you. I said no because I mean no. If I wanted some more consent. Yeah, consent. Yeah. It's so easy, <laughs> so easy to understand. Does the unconscious woman want a cup of tea? No, she's unconscious. Um, yeah, it's so. Yeah, now that boiled my piss really hard when he wouldn't let her put milk in her coffee. Yeah, um, not least because if somebody was to give me a black espresso, I would shit myself on the spot. <laughs> so I, I would have been forced to explain to Alessandra Petrovsky, please don't trigger my IBS with your poison. <laughs> well, it would have served him right for <laughs> for giving you the espresso. Yeah, for, like. for coffee assaulting me. <laughs> but yeah, so he just barrels into Carrie's flat. Yeah. And he cooks risotto in a frying pan, oh, like some kind of peasant. The horror, the horror. I have never cooked the risotto in the frying pan. Fuck off. Well, (laughs) you didn't tell her you were coming. Maybe she would have borrowed one, you goblin. (laughs) Anyway, then he takes said frying pan and batters a mouse to death. I was quite, that was quite shocking. And I was also like, 
were any mice filmed in the because it looked were any mice harmed in the making of this episode because it looked real that mouse was like they must have had a little mouse on a string animatronic because it was moving yeah. and then it did get squashed so they must have made a mouse he can't have been there there's the main <laughs> he's at the humane league of america work on film and television to make sure animals aren't hurt yeah. no they wouldn't have. um yeah um although um, i'm a celebrity famously kind of uh, plays fast and loose with those rules, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, how in the 2024 they are still eating bugs mm. on entertainment television is anybody's guess, but I don't watch that because it's garbage. Um, now, I don't believe that a mouse was squashed. <laughs> Carrie does the... N- it's a difficult one. Carrie does the Nina Katz face when it gets squashed. <laughs> and yeah, so she has a pest problem. Perhaps not surprising given that she uses her kitchen about once a year. We know that she has like a 10-year-old packet of saltines in that cupboard. Um, however, I do see Petrovsky's point. You really don't want mice in your house. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> um, I, I, I think if it was me... I would have been like, did you have to kill it? Like, I'm going to call an exterminator yeah. in the morning to remove them humanely. And you can get humane mice traps. I don't know how humane they are. I think I've seen written somewhere that if you get those little glue traps, rodents can like chew their legs off mm. to free themselves. and stuff. Or they'll like pull themselves off it and leave their back legs behind. yeah oh fuck i don't mean god i mean what's deep but then that's kind of the point of this episode which is what do you do in a situation where you might want an easy answer like just use a humane mouse trap Mm. but then you have some miserable russian saying yes but it is legs will be chewed off Mm. and you're like oh okay now i feel bad and that, that is what happens over espresso when um, Carrie is talking about how cancer is hilarious and um, Petrovsky tells Carrie that his friend died of breast cancer and Carrie doesn't want to hear it and they're both kind of a bit dickish. Yeah, I think they're both... I, was, I had to think about this. I think they're both right, both both right and both wrong, kind of. Mm. Like it's complete. She is complete. She is behaving. So basically, she's denying. Like Petrovsky's like Samantha might die, basically. Yeah. And Carrie's like she absolutely won't. There's no way. Like she won't die. Um. And Carrie's behaving very childishly and illogically, but that is completely understandable because her best friend has cancer, and that's going to make you behave and think very strangely. Um, and he is correct, but he's being very insensitive. So they're both, you know, they're both wrong, both right. They're both like being idiots. Yeah. Neither of them, until the very end of the episode, neither of them expressed themselves very well. Yeah. Um, in that Petrovsky is suddenly a lot more Russian than he's been in previous episodes where he doesn't seem to be able to express what he means about, you know, when my friend Sophie died, it came as a huge shock to me. And, you know, I think... It's really important that you consider every outcome. Yeah, he do, he doesn't say that at any point. And she does. At no point does he say that when they have their chat finally at the end. Carrie does say like, "Why didn't you just say that?" <laughs> when mm. he's like, when he sort of lays out what his thought process is. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, and then it ties to the question, which is denial, friend or foe? Friend or foe, which is a good question. I mean, the the I need a little coffee, I need a little milk in my coffee allegory. While a little a little neat and tidy for me as a writer, um, I kind of get, I think Carrie might be right on this one, which is that there is kind of like, I think, um, a, a happy medium when it comes to denial, which is a little bit is important because I do think optimism and there's been loads of research and I know this, my, my, here we go, fact fans. My initial undergraduate degree was actually in clinical psychology and my dissertation was on stress in the police force in North Wales. And I know that you have better mental health outcomes if you have a positive outlook about your job. If you think you are helping the community, if you think you are able to carry out your job effectively, you are less likely to be stressed or have depression or anxiety. So actually there is psychological basis to Carrie's point, which is actually a bit of optimism is good for you. Mm. To, to languish in despair is not going to help Samantha. How could it? However, <laughs> the, the flip side is, I, I, I believe also that too much optimism takes you into being a Pollyanna. Yeah. And makes you grossly unprepared for the reality of any given situation. I was relating it to... To, to, to our modern world, as we've done with Sex and the City. And I don't want to get mm-hmm. into this too deeply because I don't want to get too dark. Like, we're talking about Sex and the City. Um, but I was relating it to, like, doom scrolling. And mm-hmm. I thought about, when I was thinking about my own... Because I considered myself with this question, denial, friend or foe, in COVID and in lockdown, as you and, like, all of our listeners know... I found it difficult sometimes to the point of it feeling impossible. And at those times, I had to deny it. I had to delete Instagram. And I had to, at, t- at times, and at times behaved irresponsibly in my denial because I had to deny that any of it was happening to survive, really. Um, so, yeah, it made me think of that. And also, obviously, like, stuff that still continues to to be happening at the moment. Like, sometimes it's really important to understand it and keep abreast with what's happening and sometimes you just can't or I personally just do not have the strength to process all of it so I have to take a step back a little bit um and I think if if you were to succumb to despair how is that going to help anyone yeah you know I think let's assume you know, in that situation, Samantha is ill. She needs people rallying around her. And she and she needs energised people mm. rallying around her. You know, she doesn't need people crying and sobbing mm. and saying, oh my God, but what if you die? Up until, of course, the point where Samantha actually says, I need to talk about yeah. What happens if it comes back? What happens if I get sicker? That was a great scene. And then Carrie, as always, when it as we've said before, when it comes down to it, she is a good friend. She's just quiet. When Samantha says that, she's just quietly like, okay, I'm here. Um, which is good of Carrie. Good friending, Carrie. Well done. Yep. Um, in the end, <laughs> um, we we have another moment, which is a weird a weird sort of um cul de sac of Sex and the City law, which is Carrie Bradshaw versus rodents. 
The scream. The scream is back. The scream is back. Yeah. <laughs> the mouse in her hair is. So that is a squirrel <laughs> in the wilderness. That is a mouse in her hair. <laughs> is there an in- does, she, does she come a cropper of a raccoon at any point? Is there an incident in... Oh, I think she thinks... In And Just Like That, she thinks, like, the small dog that Che saves is, like, a, a mongoose or a possum or something. In And Just Like That, <laughs> she screams because she thinks it's a possum, I think. Well, yeah, <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw versus small animals. She is... Um, she is phobic. And possums do just walk around in a moment. And they're quite big. They are the size of small mm. dogs. They're quite strange they're, Their tails freak me out because they're quite <laughs> phallic. Opossum tails or a possum. I don't know what the difference is. <laughs> yeah, that's thick. At least racco- raccoons are disgusting, but at least they're cute, yeah. I guess. But possum tails, yeah, they're like thick and hairless. <laughs> mm. um, anyway. Um, Maybe... And a possum tail is what makes me a lesbian in the end. Maybe that's how it happened. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so Carrie, Carrie shrieks, no, I would not like a mouse to run across my face in the middle of the night either. No. But but like the chickens, she has moved off the roof. <laughs> she 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 calls she pulls the plug in the middle of the night and gets Petrovsky round to poison them, oh. to poison the rodents. Um and then they reach some kind of truce, I guess. Yeah, and their conversation, yeah, they end up like sorting it out. I think that they, I think that this episode portrays like couples fighting quite well. Um, mm-hmm. Like when he says, My friend who died again, and she's like, Oh, not again, you're saying it again. And it is like when you sometimes get into those arguments, and there's just like no. So it feels like there's no solving it sometimes because mm. you just can't understand each other. Because I suppose narratively as well, they, you know, they've we've got like 10 episodes, give or take, to believe that Carrie would give up her life in New York yeah. to move to Paris with this guy. Yeah. So it's maybe an interesting choice that they keep giving them these weird hurdles. Like, oh, he's too romantic. Oh, <laughs> he's not sympathetic enough. Next week he becomes distant. Um, it's It feels odd. Maybe, again, I wonder if that's why fans never really warmed to Petrovsky. Because he's not free warm. No. Like... And also, like, hmm. isn't that interesting? Like, he's supposed to be, like, this mysterious, interesting foreign entity but he's not very interesting he's not very interesting is he (laughs) no just just loads of red flags like he doesn't have any friends we don't meet his family until they get to france yeah it's it's all a bit weird and then it's oh yeah and then his daughter chloe is like it is hideous 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 Hideous. just hideous (laughs) Um, but that is how i want all french people to be and and Um, it's how they actually are it's 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 a true Largely they're not a... <laughs> rude, they're just French. Yeah. And I think that's that's how being French is. Um but um yeah, I yeah, I just as as a fan of Sex in the City and as a writer, this back half of season six. Yeah. It's a bit of a struggle. I mean, and it's a shame because there's like really great stuff for Samantha and Charlotte and Miranda. But the Carrie and Petrovsky stuff, fuck, it's boring. But I will say, I was thinking about season six in general as I was watching this most recent episode. Mm. And I was thinking about how we have been talking about season six as a whole. And then I thought about, like, final seasons of other shows. And compared to other shows, like, the final season of Sex and the City is, like, it's all right. I mean, it's not, like, it's not going to 
you know, change the world, but it's better yeah. than like the final season of Game of Thrones, for example. <laughs> I, mean... I knew you were going to say Game of Thrones, but that, I mean, yeah, that it almost feels like a cheap shot now, yeah. to kind of because Game of Thrones Everyone is knows. so bad. But then what else? Like Lost, Lost, the, the Final yeah. Lost was dreadful. I don't know Friends well enough to know. Was it well received? The final season of Friends. Um, it was kind of a lot of loose end time. Yeah, Will and Grace. Um, it, the was, final, it was kind of fine. Final season of Will and Grace wasn't the best. Final season of Buffy wasn't the best. Yeah. So. No, oh no, no. But I, I do think I think Buffy had a great final episode, but quite a poor final season. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's a bit of a a bit of a final season curse, I guess, isn't it? For for most shows, I guess it's difficult to wrap things up. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because the first half has some absolute bangers. Yeah. I think the first half of season one, and obviously we've got Splat coming up, which is fan fave. And then... Um, 20, 20 years to the month since Splat first aired. Oh, amazing. Oh, brilliant. Mm. Um, and then the final two, the two-parter is, is icon- oh, iconic. iconic. Yeah. Um, mm. It reminds me... It, seen- just, it just, it feels like it's, what's curious is this is the longest season. Mm. And yet it feels quite torpid, yeah. you know, it kind of, um, poss- possibly as well, and it might have worked just as well. If, if Actually, do you know what, you could, with, if you'd have had to move around the cancer plot line and stuff like that, but you could have lost two Petrovsky episodes and almost have her move to... Paris on like this mad romantic whim with a guy she's barely knows kind of that would make it almost sense. feels I think that would yeah make like sense. that she just get caught in the caught in the romance of it rather than having to sit through these kind of hurdles that she's going through maybe with, part of it Petrovsky. maybe part of that makes me think maybe part of it as well is we're so used to um shorter seasons now now, yes, now, maybe, yeah, yeah. Now we're a little bit like, what are all these episodes in the middle? Like, what's going on? Why are you know? Because well, you usually... very much treading water. It feels yeah. Because like. we're used now to like 10, 10 11 episodes max, aren't mm-hmm. we, per season? So yeah, maybe that's it as well. Because it could have, there was there is there is a version where Petrovsky had swept her into this amazing Anna Karina Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina, Karenina. Um, sort of fantasy where he was taking her to balls and the Met Gala mm. and all this kind of shit. Yeah. And Carrie is just completely love bombed. Yeah. Miranda is like, mm, you've only known him for two months. You can't move to Paris. And I, I would have bought that. I would have yeah. actually bought that. And it would have been so much more fun. And of course, I would have cast someone who <laughs> didn't look like a raccoon. So Leave Schreiber. He'd have been good. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. Fit. Although I'm not yeah, sure if he's... someone tall and dashing. Or the guy who plays Victor Crumb in the Harry Potter films. I think he would have been about 12 at this <laughs> point, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. He would have been. That would have taken a different... So maybe not him. Things would have taken a different turn with that was the case. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Like some, some like amazing actor yeah. who wasn't like very little and scrunched. <laughs> a scrunchy. <laughs> A scrunchie, a scrunchie. Um, anyway, let's take a break. Yeah. And when we come back, we will talk about a tiny little dog with a short leg and also wigs and Brooklyn. The gentrification of Brooklyn after the break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, 
People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome back to Psygot Thinking. We are discussing season six, episode 16, Out of the Frying Pan. And we are trying to establish whether denial is a good thing or a bad thing. Which I think we've established it is both. Well, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Denial is fine. It's probably not a good thing, but it's sometimes necessary. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Unless, of course, you are talking covid denial or holocaust denial in which case they are always bad yeah true actually we can just say that we can say that we should say that but, yeah <laughs> so sometimes denial is the worst thing oh that reminds wow. me speaking of covid denial we had a vaccination vaccination <laughs> carrie is fully vaccinated Line. yeah hurrah <laughs> Okay. Harry, follow the science, Bradshaw. That's what they call her. Also, another line I liked when they were in her flat was when he said, I love your house, it's so you. And she said, what? And she said, what? Small and artless. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at that. Fair. Um, <laughs> so Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. Oh, This was cute, this storyline. It's cute. It is because so many of my friends are in IVF hell. Mm. And so this one did sort of strike a chord with me. Mm. Um, it made me think, though, they've done it a few multiple times, Harry mentioned. It ain't cheap, is it, in America? No, absolutely not. No, and oh, if you are an American listener or listening outside of the UK, IVF in this country, in the United Kingdom, is such a lottery. Depending on where you live in the UK... Sometimes you're entitled to one round of free IVF on the NHS. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes they only offer it to people who are under 30. Oh, wow. Like, who the fuck is trying for babies under 30? You know, so it's wow. by the time you would actually need IVF, you're not 
eligible for it. So my friends, by and large, are paying privately to have IVF. And, you know, it's such a gamble. It, it doesn't often work, yeah. you know. And and so it's the money just kind of goes down the drain, kind of. It did make me think, obviously, it's not about, you know, the money, but it just makes it, like, even more soul-destroying. Like, not only has it not worked, but you spent all this money. And then you have to think about... And it, well, it puts enormous pressure yeah. on you, you know. So it, it makes a stressful situation doubly stressful, kind of. Yeah. Um. So it, it broke my heart. And Charlotte is trying to keep a brave face, but she's finding it very hard not to read Harry's kindness... Because Harry is being kind, mm. but she's really struggling not to read Harry's kindness as a criticism of her. Because, of course, it, she is the one who her eggs are not viable in the first scene they're in. Yeah. Um, and so that's when she meets Trudy Stark. In the park. I liked the line when she's jogging in the park, when it's like, I can't remember the exact thing, but it was like, she was at school, she was the head of the track team and she'd been voted most popular. But this was one thing she couldn't win, she couldn't do. Um, which I thought that was an interesting line. Um, yeah, and she meets an old. Do you think it would have been an even better episode if she just pushed over that stroller? <laughs> if she'd like just run across the park and just go ah! and like thrown poo at the woman at the mum, <laughs> just the baby just rolled out. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why I'm not allowed to work on Sex and the City reboot. Um, this... However, Broad City, give me a ring. It's, it's behaviour like this that probably got us disinvited to. Plaza Suite. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? NFI. Um, in the great tradition of Sex in the City, she meets an eccentric older lady in the park, mm-hmm. Trudy Stork. Um, Dinah, Dana Ivy. Yes. Um, from Adam's Family, which is where, you know, where you've always had that thing, where do I know her from? Where do I know her from? She's from Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values. Fab. Um, yeah, she's great. Uh, she's a cynical old Broad isn't dog she? breeder, yeah, um, and dresses her dogs in Burberry, yeah. <laughs> as as you do. Princess Dandy Rich Brandywine uh, meets Charlotte meets Princess Dandy Rich Brandywine, who is who doesn't can't enter competitions because her leg is too short. Um, and Charlotte and Char- Charlotte sees herself in Princess Brand- Dandy Rich Brandywine, <laughs> and then she says, "You shouldn't." What does she say? You shouldn't. Um, dismiss someone just because they can't like write someone off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she cries. She cries on her, and I lo- I loved her incredibly. I'm getting very strong sort of spectrum vibes from, from Trudy. Trudy yeah. And her response to Charlotte crying about IVF is saying, "I don't care for children." Yeah. <laughs> I don't care for children. Then I don't care for labs either. Like, all right, Trudy. But then Trudy pulls it back because she sends. Princess, I want somebody to send me a dog in a basket. Now, this is because Max Max stopped listening to this podcast a really long time ago. He doesn't watch Sex in the City. It's fine. Now, if somebody wants to send me a cute dog in a basket, I will care and look after it. It will go to a good home. But we must never tell my husband that I requested a dog in a basket because he wants a cat. And I don't really want a cat. You're now going to so get like, that's... the doorbell's just going to ring daily now. And there's going to be a new dog in a basket every day. And you're going to end up with I'm, like I'm... 30 dogs. <laughs> I, that's fine. I, I'm okay with that, actually. That's, 
that's kind of like in the parallel world where I did not marry my husband. I don't know how many chihuahuas you'd just, be, you'd just be going preferably up. a chihuahua because I've got a chihuahua and he likes other chihuahuas. You'd just so be going down. Listen. You'd be the crazy lady going down Brighton High Street with like ten chihuahuas. I'd be Trudy Stark. <laughs> I would put them all in Burberry um, and put them in prams. Yeah, no, I would. I would love that. Yeah. In prams. Oh, yeah. I'm well. When pr- Prince isn't getting any younger, so, so I think soon we'll be entering me pushing Prince around in oh. those little dog prams. Um, I love him. And then fun, like a fun thing, a fun bit of writing. Um, I didn't notice, tru- I didn't clock Trudy Stork. And then when it arrives in the basket, it was a delivery from Miss oh. from the, from Miss Stork. Um, She's a Stork. She's brought them a baby. Yeah, nice little round up there. Um, and then they name her Elizabeth Taylor. And I love Harry's response. And I love Charlotte saying, can we keep her? <laughs> it's really, it's really innocent. Please, can we keep the little dog? Yeah, and when, he, when she suggests Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor, he's like, oh, Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> like, my wife is demented. But yes, you can call your dog Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> and, then, and that's true love. And then Get she... yourself a husband who doesn't mind that you're deranged. I mean, what more can we ask? That's what we've got. Yeah, that's, you, that's when you know, that's how you know to marry the one you marry. <laughs> when you can be as demented as you want. And they're just like... You're quite special, aren't you? And you're like, yes, I am. Um, and then next week, is it next week? She does get to enter a show, Elizabeth Taylor. She does, yes. So we will, she will yeah, it's it's all coming together for Charlotte. Yeah. Um, good times. Let's talk about um, Brooklyn. Yeah. Broken, broken, Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn. Um, now, I went to Brooklyn for the first time in 2000 and I think like 13. Mm. And by then, Brooklyn was already achingly, achingly cool. Oh, really? My friend was in a band. He had like a rooftop party in Brooklyn. Did it have fairy lights strung across the roof? It absolutely did. Excellent. There was <laughs> the Russian tea rooms in Williamsburg. It was it was the Cosmopolitan Bar in Williamsburg. Very, very chic. Mm. And in fact, it was almost understood for a night out you would completely forego Manhattan, which was frankly a little bit gauche and a bit old money mm. for the younger, hipper climate of Brooklyn. The East Do London. We think, the East London of New York. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Um, do we think Sex in the City was instrumental in turning Brooklyn from apparently Miranda's worst nightmare into the enormously desirable and let's be honest, completely unaffordable borough it is today. I imagine it might have played a role, perhaps, but they still kind of slag it off, even though Miranda's moving there. At the end, mm. Miranda's like, why do I think living in Manhattan is so fantastic? And fucking Carrie Bradshaw sits there with her cocktail and says, because it is. <laughs> with her gloves. With her gloves. They because were all it wearing it. Three of them were wearing gloves. Um yeah, it's just very, I think it's just something that's a bit lost in translation to us because particularly when I'm th- when I'm comparing it to London, because London in that way, geographically, is so different from New York. Like, they have their similarities. Mm-hmm. But, like, everyone just lives everywhere. Like, now I feel like, yes, like, West London is still seen as the more, as the more bougie bit. 
But mm-hmm. for the most part, like gentrification and development and everything is so up and down in this city at the moment that it seems a bit random where everyone, like one of my best friends, Sal, lives in Deptford. Takes me an hour and 20 minutes to get there. <laughs> well, that's what blows um, my mind about Brooklyn. You can be there in 20 minutes. Yeah, and it's like... like depend, depending on where you are in Manhattan, the L train just... And you're there like 10 minutes oh. and you're in Brooklyn. You know, it blur, It kind of blows my mind. And the, the notion that a taxi wouldn't go there. I was very... Like, yeah. how, are th- how are they getting to JFK, which basically is on the other side of Brooklyn? That was when I was like, either this show is lying to us or New mm. York is a very different city to London in that mm. in that sense. Because taxi... I mean, ca- Ubers here will go like... They'll take you out to Hertfordshire if you want them to. Do you to. think this is kind of like a throwback to... I think it used to be a thing before I ever set foot in London where some taxis wouldn't go south of the river. Oh, I do slightly remember that from when I very first moved here, but that's like a decade ago now. Um, yeah, that's mad. Yeah, but I do... It's like a bridge every three metres. <laughs> Get, yeah. Getting south of the river is very easy. I do remember once, I think, a black cabbie being like, no, um, when I lived in <laughs> Peckham. Yeah, interesting. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something that died. I will with say. Uber. So I think we need we need to be very careful. Brooklyn is enormous, so it could be that Miranda wasn't living in Williamsburg or Greenpoint or one out. of the very desirable bits out towards. Yeah, I will say. So did I t- have I told my Brooklyn story recently on this podcast from the last time I went? So I don't think so. So I was in New York in November. I went to collect a prize. (laughs) (laughs) I was given a prize by the National Coalition Against Censorship for my work on freedom of speech. Amazing. And I went over just for a few days. It was really lovely. It felt like a holiday. Yeah. And I was on Google Maps and I could see that getting a taxi to the airport was going to take like two hours because of just rush hour traffic. And I was like, I do not want to sit in rush hour traffic for two hours. Mm. I'll just hop on the L train. You know, mm. I know how to get to JFK. You get, I think it's the J train you get. And so I got on and I don't know if I'd eaten something, if I'd had one of Alexander Petrovsky's fucking espressos, uh. but my stomach just went funny and I was like, mm, I might need to get off oh. this train. It would have been worse if you had been in a traffic jam in a taxi. Oh, 100%. Like... Exactly. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to get off. I can't remember the name of the stop where I got off. But I was like, well, it's in Brooklyn. You know, there's bound to be like oh. a Starbucks on every corner <laughs> or something. <laughs> Dylan, I was not in Williamsburg. I will tell you that. It was pretty hairy um i got off and on the corner by the by the subway there was a kfc and i was like they'll have a restroom so i went into the kfc and there were literally two women having a fight over drugs in the kfc and i was like this is really real this is really real but i am gonna shit myself so i'm just gonna wait for them to stop fighting i got i did my little poo and got back on got back on the the subway and what i didn't realize is i'd got off a service that went to jfk right but got on one that went to like Ozone Park or something. Okay. And a really nice man was like, Doll, if you're going to the airport, you need to get off here and change. Oh, nice. And I was like, and yeah, I would have completely, I would have ended up in the fucking arse end of nowhere. Yeah. So to that man, I say thank you. No, we love Americans. And I'm sure we've got um, New Yorkers listening who hopefully will write in with your thoughts. 
if you if of if you're listening. If you know that stop, remind me where where did I go for my poo? You come Which, out of the subway and there is a, a KFC yes. right on the corner, and <laughs> it was a little bit a little bit hairy. <laughs> How long ago was this? That was in November. Oh, okay. It was fairly recently. That I was probably like, there's probably a prep there now. But if it was only a few months ago, then... <laughs> no, I, I, oh, I think it's going to take a little while for that for that neck of the woods. But that but that's really interesting. I was what like I I was I'd probably been on the tube for about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. So I'd literally just kind of rolled through kind of mm. Williamsburg, mm. and then, but you know. The hinterland between a city and an airport is often a bit shit, isn't it? So Oh yeah, it's always a bit shit. That's, that's urban planning for you, isn't it? We've got... So in the end, Miranda does move to Brooklyn because she decides it's what's best for her family. Although I said that about Worthing and now I've just moved back to <laughs> Come crawling back <laughs> to Brighton. Oh, she's back! Uh, um... So yeah, but yeah, like, you can feel the wrapping up of Miranda's storyline in particular here. Um, yes, which is as uh, although as we said before, until until uh, Che Diaz, but <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um. So yeah, lovely, lovely house in Brooklyn. It needs some work, but yeah, it was lovely. I loved the wooden floors and those big, big windows. Mm. Lovely the fireplace. I'd love gorgeous. There. Yeah. Um. Samantha, her <clears throat> hair starts falling out while she's doing a noshi bee. A noshi bee. I've never heard that. No, that's that's what that's what we call them round hours. Noshi B. Um she yeah. very very real. Um mm-hmm. Smith loses his hard on and then she decides it's time to go and get a wig. Uh ten out of ten acting from Kim Cattrall yeah. throughout this week. I looked yep. up whether she'd got an Emmy for it and she ha- she hasn't. Because I was like, if she's gonna get an Emmy for any one of them, it'll be this one. But she got one in two thousand and two, and this was two thousand and four. Oh, um okay. Uh, she goes to a place that looks only a little couple of rungs above Pax, which I kind of think, <laughs> she, I kind of think she, Kim, could, like Samantha would have like a personal stylist who would be like finding her this beautiful handmade, which wouldn't would she just be going into a wig shop, would she? Well, and she has, she has connections to film and television yeah, as well. Like, so like the finest wig makers in the industry would have sorted yeah. her out with a, I mean, the, the, the candy is at least a lace front. So we see her try on a lace front. Yeah. Um, and there's a bit of jiggery-pokery behind the scenes. When the guy puts it on her head, it's not really on her head properly. The camera cuts away, and then when it cuts back, somebody has properly put the wig on her head. Oh, interesting. Um, Carrie suddenly... Yeah, bad, just bad continuity. Carrie suddenly whipping around the corner looking like Claudia Winkleman in that dark... <laughs> in the dark wig. <laughs> Do you um, think the other wig was a nod to Annie? You know, when she oh, comes back with one. the little curly wig? Maybe. Do you think that's like a, a throwback to her beginnings as little orphan Annie? Um, great line, Samantha saying, I could die, Carrie, with really bad hair. <laughs> um, um, work Charlotte has something to say about <laughs> looking um, a wig named after a cheap hooker. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cheap sex worker, Samantha. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, and actually, it wasn't the worst wig I've ever seen. It was all right. Like, it was giving House of the Dragon, it is was. what he was saying to me. <laughs> it was. Um... And then, yeah, her and Smith, very sweet. Smith, in solidarity, shaves off his hair while she does. Mm-hmm. And then she arrives at the film premiere, looking gorgeous in the pink wig. But yes. I remember when I first saw it, and I still think this now, I think it would have been such a bigger moment if he'd come out with the buzz cut, emerged from the car, and then she'd had mm-hmm. the exact same buzz cut. That would have been so cool. 
but um, I think I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's because buzz cut wigs look awful. And you you even had a bit of it when we saw her shave half her head. Which it's really really hard to do good bald caps. I think she does. She did shave her head though. I think Kim Cattrall. No. Oh, she didn't. No. Um. Uh... Because then, because she de-wigs at the, when she's doing the talk, in I think the final episode, but she's yeah. got like a, it's a bit longer than a buzz cut, what she's got. So that was... Yeah, no, it was it was always a wig. Oh, she never, she never cut her hair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they go to the premiere of Needles CA by Gus Van Zandt. Needles CA, yeah, <laughs> which it's giving to me like mysterious skin vibes yeah. is how I choose to imagine Needles CA. Something like that. Because yeah. he plays a, what was it, a hushler slash junkie? Yeah, or like the sort of thing that would be written by and made into a movie that would be written by um, oh, Brace Tonellis, like that kind of yeah. vibe thing. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, that's that. That's that's all of them. Yeah, that's all the women um, we've done. Samantha's look. Oh my god, one of my favorite fashion moments of Sex and the City ever. You know, I love a bandana. The Dior, the Jador Dior bandana yeah. with those earrings and the gloves. Very now, mm-hmm. like very mm-hmm. amazing. Love That's that. the thing. I'm still. I keep my eye on Vestiaire Collective all the time for a vintage Jador Dior tank top. If if somebody wants to in the basket with the Chihuahua, if you want to send me a Jador Dior tank top, that would be. I would really appreciate that as well. I looked up the Chanel bandana that she wears at Richard Wright's. Hampton's house. Do you remember that she's got uh-huh. tied her up because I love it? Um, and I was gonna wear it. I was thinking of wearing it actually when we went to Carrie's apartment. <laughs> <gasps> and I looked it up, wow. but it's three hundred and fifty pounds. So I was like, I'm not. Pe- yeah, correct. Yeah, that's no. yeah, yeah. Even even vintage <laughs> Chanel doesn't depreciate. I'm afraid. Yeah. So you'll be still paying three hundred pounds in fifteen years. Yeah. Nope. If not more. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the end of this week. Yeah. Um, do stick around because next week we'll be back and talking about the Cold War as cold stuff happens. I think more bickering with Petrovsky and Carrie. Yeah, I can't remember. She meets his, doesn't she meet his like um, sl- sl- slightly shady friends? She's, he's got like a group of shady No, friends. I think this is the one where he starts to distance himself because he's like having... A professional crisis, and I think oh, it's yeah. where she brings her friends round his house. Yes, and then yeah, and um, Miranda and Samantha is wearing a very questionable Afro wig, which okay. we will discuss <laughs> um, next. I've got time. some quick listener messages. Excellent. So first we have Kathleen mm-hmm. um, saying hi. Just listened to your latest episode and re Carrie's hair continuity. Do you remember you were saying like about oh, it being yes, yeah, straightened versus unstraightened. I did want to say that I own a tiny USB chargeable flat iron that I used to <laughs> <laughs> that I used to keep in my bag when I was teaching because my hair would get frizzy and need a touch up on hot and humid days. So maybe it's feasible that she straightened her hair because those portable flat irons do exist. But I'm guessing it was more likely just that they thought curly hair was sexier for the bedroom. Anyway, just thought I'd chime in. Love you guys. You see that that suggests that Carrie Bradshaw would know how to use a USB socket. That's true. Which I don't believe she would because she doesn't know what a computer or an e- she doesn't know how email works. <laughs> she thinks emails so. can see. This is the woman that thinks emails can see her. So. Yeah. Um, then we have, I'll say A, a message from A. Um, okay. It's quite an intimate message. Um, bit late on this one, but in relation to the Charlotte miscarriage plotline, when I suffered a pregnancy loss last year, I found that episode and those scenes 
comforting and cathartic. So she's talking about the Elizabeth Taylor, Mm -hmm. I think, from when this message came in. Um, Seeing something like that, which traditionally is so taboo, covered so well and emotionally, made me feel like I wasn't the only one and really did help me cope, cope, if even in a small way. It's funny that Charlotte was helped by a TV show and so was I. And I'm happy to report I'm now expecting a healthy baby in April. Aww. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck, A. I hope it all goes swimmingly. Yeah. Um, and then from Charlotte. Hey, Juno and Dylan. Love the pod. Quick one on the Google references in the episode today. We were saying Google product placement. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Not product placement, Charlotte reckons. But actually, SATC trying to be trendy. Charlotte says, "Ah, oh, you Googled him about Petrovsky, but to Google wasn't acknowledged, wasn't an acknowledged verb by the dictionary until 2006. So a little ahead of their time. Interestingly, it was Buffy who first used Google as a verb on television back in 2002 with Sex and the City following shortly after. <laughs> I love that. That's, yeah, changing. To, well, language evolves. There we go. It, it always will do. Um, so yeah, keep the messages coming in, and yeah, message us about New York, about Brooklyn. What are your thoughts? Please do, yeah, and a prize. I, I'm going to Google now where I think I got off that train, <laughs> and uh, the winner um, gets nothing. But see if you can guess where I. We'll get loads of people being like, "What are you talking about? It's really nice." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't okay. I'm I'm not a snob. I'm from Bradford. I'm not a snobby person. But that was. It was not a good neighbourhood. <laughs> right. Right. Okay then, Um, until then, just a little bit of denial, please. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.